You are listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, where it's all about responding with confidence to the legal, financial, and personal challenges created by disability, unexpected illness, or simply aging in general. Join us weekly as elder law attorneys Tim Takis, Barbara McGinnis, Chris Johnson, and other members of the Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Team talk about the tools, techniques, strategies, and services that will make the elder care journey easier for everyone involved. Get ready, because aging starts now. Hi, welcome to another episode of Aging Starts Now. I'm partner and certified elder law attorney, Barbara McGinnis. Cremation is beginning to outpace traditional burial. After a loved one is cremated, what are the rules surrounding storing and scattering their ashes? Our guest today is licensed funeral director, Tiffany Widener, to help us address some common questions surrounding cremation. Welcome, Tiffany. Hello there, and thank you so much for having me today. Oh, um... I'm so glad you could do this, and I just think this is a fascinating area because it affects everyone in every family, and, you know, there's rule changes, and there's myths, and then there's just rogue people out there that do what they want to do. So, what do we do? If our loved one is cremated, can you scatter their ashes anywhere? That's a very good question, and a lot of people tend to ask. So let me share with you what I know. So here in Tennessee, there are no laws that exist that restrict people from from scattering or storing their loved one. However, you do have to be aware of local governing like authorities or regulations that might have their own... um, requirements regarding that. So it's always a good thing to look those up if you're um, looking in a specific area. So when I say that, it, you know, some people think of scattering in a national park. So that is an option. But with the national parks, it's really a good idea to check with them first, like prior to you wanting to have your committal or scattering service there. You want to check with them and see what their regulations are. Typically, there's things like you have to be so far away off of a pathway um, or not close to buildings or structures and so you just want to be aware of those, you know, requirements. I do know that the Smoky Mountains, they mm-hmm. actually have a pre-printed permission letter online. So you, you would go to nps.gov and then you would want to look up, you know, on their search bar, scattering cremations or something like that. And it's going to even get you to where you need to go for that letter, or I can actually send you the link as well, Barbara. Um, But what it's doing is it is showing people what their requirements are. And so you have to have that letter with you. If you go to the park and anyone questions you about what you're doing, you actually show them that you've gotten that permission letter. And so they are aware that you are kind of following the guidelines of what they've laid out. Does that make sense? It does. And and so, I mean, of course, you, we specifically reference Smoky Mountains because 
so many people around here visit and love it. uh, But so I went to the nps.gov website, clicked on the search button and typed in scattering ashes and permit information for, I I don't know, the list is, seems to be endless there of permits per park, right? So scattering ashes in the petrified forest, scattering ashes in Grand Teton, they all have their Their own um, deadlines. Mm-hmm. And so, and here's the Great Smoky Mountains National Park one. Okay, so that that's easy. That's an easy one to to find. Um, here's the permission, the letter, the parking tag requirement, blah blah blah. All that's there. Um, easy to find. But all right, say, what about you wanted to scatter ashes from a private plane over the Smoky Mountains? Can you do that? Well, you can. There is no regulations that you can't. The only federal aviation regulations that are in place is you cannot drop the container (laughs) that you're using to scatter. So, of course, because that could be dangerous. But that is the only um, requirement per se as far as scattering from a plane, if you know somebody who can do that. Yeah, I don't imagine any kind of um, Southwest isn't going to be helpful. (laughs) Um, Not picking on Southwest. I mean, just no commercial carriers going to to assist you with that, right? Um, All right. What about water burials? We've got beautiful water. And I I am still thinking about Tennessee, not not just oceans, but, you know, our lakes and rivers and here can... Can we go out on Percy Priest and scatter someone's remains? Well, as far as, and it kind of holds true to the same check with your local governing um, authority, as far as your county or municipal area that you're thinking about doing this in. But again, Tennessee has no restrictions. So I know as far as oceans, they require three nautical miles from shore. But Mm -hmm. um, as far as the lakes... In rivers, that's just, there's no federal regulations against those. It's just checking with your individual state requirements. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking for, oh, here, burial and cremation laws in Tennessee. Uh, can you, I actually typed in, can you scatter ashes in lakes of Tennessee? Didn't really get a, an easy, an, an easy, definite website there's there's lots of stuff there but state environment environmental agencies um health agencies or or things of that nature that might have more specific guidelines um so there but again as far as the blanket restriction tennessee does not have anything that prohibits scattering so okay all right all right so this is getting clearer for all, for all of us, what we can do and what we can't do. Let's say I have a farm and I just want to, you know, either have my cremains or my loved one's cremains um, scattered on the farm. Can I do that? Yes, it is your own private property and you are allowed to do that. Um, you just might want to, if you ever let go of your property in the future, be mindful to let um, new property owners know that that has, you know, happened when you live there. It's not going to be a deterrent per se, but it is just, you know, 
being upfront with the property and that your loved one has been scattered there. Now, is that actually a requirement? I thought it, I didn't think it was a requirement to tell the new uh, purchaser. I just thought it was something if there were asked, you had to disclose. I agree. If if you're asked blatantly about it, you do have to disclose it. Um, as far as the requirement of having to tell, that's probably up to you. But I know some people might want to know those things, but they might yeah. not either. So, yeah, I, I ran ac- I ran across an article. I can't put my finger on it right now, but it was about. Um, you know, very similar to if if a person died in the house, yes. you, you don't have to tell unless you've been asked um, exactly. about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, what other kind of things do we want to know about? Are there, there are all kinds of urns out there and options. Some are biodegradable. Some are... Um, Exactly. You know, meant for it to be a water burial, some, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. What do we need to know about that? Exactly. So, again, with water burials, you do need to be mindful of our earth and what's safe. And water biodegradable definitely is what needs to be used if you're going to, you know, release ashes in a container in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did this with some of my mom's ashes this summer. She passed away three years ago and I always wanted to go to Hawaii. Well, I went to Hawaii this summer and actually kept a little bit of her ashes before we buried them all. And I knew one day I'd get there and take her with me. And I did that. And so we were able to release her in, you know, the Hawaiian ocean, uh, Pacific ocean. And um, it was just a small little turtle water biodegradable urn held like a tablespoon of ashes. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, and it disintegrates, you know, in the water. So it's safe. It's green. It's, you know, protects the environment type of, and all of our our creatures that live in the the waters. So that is what you want to do if you're going to release um, in a water burial. If you're going to bury, um, you know, and you want to not be in like a container that's not going to, you know, degrade over time. You want to have something that you want, you're being conscious of the earth and you want something green. There are eco-friendly urns out there that do disintegrate in the ground as well. So those, there's so many options out there really. And so you can get those as well. Um, As far as there's so many options for cremations these days. Um, you can be made into diamonds if you've not mm-hmm. heard that yeah. were, um, and stones, and even vinyl records. That has been the latest that I've heard. That's something that I think happens in the UK, but I mean, you could still order. I think it's amazing, you know, for those people that have different unique personality types that you want to remember them um, in different unique ways. You can even shoot ashes out into space these days for a, a nice price of anywhere between 3000 to 13000 But if you really think about it, a lot of funeral services are that much or more too. So yes. you know, there's definitely options out there for each family. Um, and I and, that, and this is exactly the kind of stuff that I wanted to ask about. And I don't, I don't know if, if it's 
a good time to to ask or not, but particular religions have rules about or suggested practices about cremation in general and then what to do with, with with cremains afterwards. Any anything that comes to your mind where, you know, you have a, a great story about how someone had to work with those guidelines. You know, like it's one thing to be cremated, but it's a whole other thing to be scattered kind of thing. Has that ever come up for you? And, and actually it is something that I personally have not encountered with a family being um, indecisive about what to do based on, based on those principles. Um, I do know that, you know, the Jewish faith varies immediate burials, um, and, and doesn't really tend to lean into cremation. However, there's always an however, isn't there? Um, (laughs) the more, um, I don't want to, I don't know how to, explain it, but the more contemporary Jewish community, maybe there are some who choose to cremate, but then still have their ashes buried. Um, Congregation Micah here in town, I know they have their own cemetery and they do have a niche garden for their, for their members that do choose cremation. I've actually been out there. It's very lovely. Um, So there is that. I know that, Catholic religion um, was, you know, kind of in the same regards as didn't kind of follow in the cremation um, history that we're used to as far as there not being any problem with it. They they wanted the the whole body as far as being buried. But now they do allow for cremations to take place as well. They just, they really, I don't believe, want the scattering to occur. They want all the ashes to stay together. But I've not come across a family personally that has had that struggle so I kind of get what you're asking, but those are kind of similar um, situations, I think, with what you're you're kind of regarding. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for sharing your experiences and your expertise. Um, it's an important topic for families to plan for and anticipate, and well, just knowing what someone that you love, how they want not only to be cared for during the end of life, which we continually try to educate folks about that that's important conversations to have, but how do they want to be laid to rest and what is important to them, whether it's from their religious background or other considerations that each family's unique and, but this is a common experience that we will all have is how to say goodbye to a loved one. Very correct. Thank you for being here. Um, And that's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Takis McGinnis is a life care planning law firm helping families respond to the legal and financial challenges caused by chronic illness or disability of an elderly loved one. Join us next week for another episode of Aging Starts Now. Thank you for listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast. For more information about today's show, visit tn-elderlaw.com, click on the free resources tab, and then click on Aging Starts Now. You'll find the show notes there. And while you're at it, why not check out all the free resources available at tn-elderlaw.com? 
document downloads, the Take Us McGinnis blog, educational videos, informative articles, helpful links, a TV show, and more. It's all there, free for the taking. If you enjoy listening to the Aging Starts Now podcast, please subscribe, rate the show, or leave us a review. It's easy to do on whatever app you use to listen. We would love your feedback on the show. Aging starts now. We'll be back next week with more candid discussions about challenges created by aging, disability, and unexpected illness.